Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob. Welcome to part two of how to build your confidence as a runner. In so many podcasts, you'll hear, this is part two, but don't listen to this part until you've gone back and listened to part one first. But don't worry about that because I never actually go back and listen to part one anyway. So these are all standalone episodes. There are a whole bunch of practical ideas for how you can build your confidence as a runner and generally in life. Hope you enjoyed part one. Part two, we're going to get a bit deeper into the how and also, we're going to look maybe around, not so much as a runner, but just how to build your confidence and then take it into any context that you like. Straight into it. I want you to start by imagining your brain is divided into two parts. Stay with me here. <laughs> well, I guess it kind of actually is, but just stay with me here. One part is your confidence and the other part is your fear, Right? Now, you can imagine it as a percentage, like how much percentage is fear taking up, how much percentage is confidence taking up, or a visualization, or however you want to process it. But just imagine your brain right now, and I want you to ask yourself, if there's only two things in there, in your mind, your brain, one's fear, one's confidence, what's taking up what percentage or how much of your brain, and see if you can have a really honest, aware guess at that for yourself. Are you 60% confident, 40% fear? Are you 90% fear, 10% confidence? Because I want you to start with this pretend concept that could really be a really good analogy for how we work with your personal and your running confidence. Most of the time, we're focusing on building confidence, building confidence, building confidence, when it could be the opposite. Let's remove the fear and allow the confidence to expand. I hope that has already hit home with you because this could be the concept that helps you. Instead of trying to build something uh, when there's all this fear in there, let's look directly at the fear, remove it so the confidence has room to expand into. And of course, if you're a how person like me, you just want to know the steps. How do you remove the fear? And the answer is you go closer into it, right? You don't just feel the fear and then stop or see the fear or tell yourself the fear, you go closer into it and you get really aware and really deep and you question it. Most of the time, our fear is there to prepare us for something. Remember, the brain is scanning the world four times a second asking, am I safe? Is there a threat? Right? We've got to overcome that negative bias that's been programmed in our brain since the, you know, forever. So, and, and we live in a pretty safe world now, you know, so we don't need to scan that many times, but the brain still does it because that's what the brain was built to do. So when the fear comes up, instead of just avoiding it, we go closer into it. We say, what is the purpose of this fear? Is it trying to help me see, a, foresee, you know, a potential problem that I can make a plan to avoid it happening or at least prepare to deal with if it actually does happen, Right. But don't just see the fear and stop in our track. So, for example, you're going after a new race, right? And it's like the fear comes up, oh, I might not make it. So then here's the other side of that equation. I might not make it, so that means I shouldn't do it, right? Very black and white thinking, right? Uh, I might get hurt on the trail. Oh, so that means I shouldn't do trail running. I might not reach my goal, so, you know, I shouldn't go ahead with it. I might get laughed at or people might see me fail, so that means I shouldn't try, Now, when you hear these statements, they probably sound very 
maybe silly as in why would you not do it because you know because you might get hurt i mean but this is what we're doing to ourselves when we have these thoughts unless we go deeper into the fear oh i might get hurt so instead of making it mean i shouldn't attempt it well how might i get hurt what specifically could happen i could roll an ankle on the trail okay what can i do to you know avoid that or what can I do if it does happen? Or what can I do to make sure I'm prepared for that, right? And then when we get deeper and deeper into the fear, we'll realize that we can control more of it than we actually perceive we can. And we can start to take it um, as something that we can do and overcome. That's why I love that Tim Ferriss fear setting template. Uh, and it, Tim, Tim Ferriss does a TED Talk on fear setting. He also has a great um, template you can download from the net. Uh, the net, the the World Wide Web. <laughs> so anyway, this I do it before every race, and everyone I work with, I get them to do it as well. So you can go into your fears, and you can start to work them. All right, let's move on to the next concept. Mark Twain famously was quoted in saying, "I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened." Right, and that's what we're doing with this confidence fear thing today. I'm going to read you a very famous parable, which I'm sure. Most of you have heard before. I've heard it a thousand times. I never get sick of it. I'm going to read it to you again. It's the parable of the two wolves. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight's going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight. It's between two wolves. One is evil. He's anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. And the same fight is going on inside you. And inside every other person too. The grandson thought for about a minute and he said, so he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. We go back to that concept of your brain being divided into confidence and fear. It's like the two wolves. When we can stop feeding that fear side, start to question it and take away its food, take away the power it has over us, we can start to feed the confidence side and let it grow and take up more of our brain. All right, let's move on to the next concept. Let's have a look at closer look at the word confidence. In the last episode, I defined it, um, but let's have a deeper look at it because in linguistics, there's a, there's a term, there's a type of word called a nominalization. Now, a nominalization is basically a verb that's been frozen in time as a noun. Things like uh, honesty, uh, truth. It's, it's something, it, it's, it's a word that you can't, like a, a noun that you can't pick up. Like you can pick up a phone or a laptop or a, a pen, but you can't pick up confidence. You can't pick up honesty. You can't pick up truth, right? These are, these are words that we've kind of converted from verbs, doing words, into nouns, which are supposed to be people, places, or things. But confidence... What actually is it? So we need to go deeper into it and break it apart from being this frozen noun because um, there's other words that we use in our 
in our language, which are kind of like this, they kind of, we don't really understand what they mean, but we say them like, oh, what did you think of that place? Oh, it was interesting, right? Interesting, like, that doesn't really tell me anything, right? Um, how are you going today? I'm good, right? I don't really get anything out of it, but you know, it's one of those words that we just kind of flick over in our language. But for confidence, if we want to build our confidence, we need to try and understand exactly what it is that we want. So let's dive deeper into what specific type of confidence and, and try and break the word down into what it would, what you're really looking for. What, is, what are you actually saying? Because this overarching concept of confidence is, is like this esoteric thing. So let's get really specific. If you're a runner, do you want to reach your potential in running or in a race? That's what I wanted to do. I always had this saying, I feel like my best race or my is ahead of me, or I haven't reached my potential as a runner, right? So that's the confidence I was looking for, to reach my potential and, and to really go after that. And once I realized that's what I'm looking for, it wasn't about confidence anymore because it, it was about this specific thing. Is it you want to go for the promotion at work or to start your own business? Is it you want to ask that person out? Right, so you're saying I really want confidence. I'm, oh, I haven't got the confidence to ask, you know, to, to approach this person. But what you really want to do, the actual action, is to go up to them, introduce yourself, and just have a chat, right? Um, or is it the confidence to speak your mind? So when you say I'm not confident, it's like let's get drilled down and see if you can do it now. Let's cl- get clear for you. Um, otherwise, you can hide in this "I need more confidence" statement or sentence for forever, right? So. After hearing that little concept, I want you to think about exactly what that phrase, I want to build my confidence or I want more confidence, means to you. And does it mean I want to run further than I've ever run? I want to run faster than I've ever run. I want to um, be more articulate at work or go for that promotion. Does it mean I want to step up my relationship or or take a leadership role or just be more of a leader for myself or or do the things, do the specific thing that I'm not doing. So getting up and, and exercising for 20 minutes first thing or, or meditating for two minutes. What is that thing that you want to do that you're hiding under this statement of I'm not confident? And see if you can really nail it now just in a nutshell. I want to build an awesome garden. <laughs> I want to um, coach my daughter's um, cross-country team or soccer team or or I want to, you know, take my kids here or there. What specifically is it for you? Now, that is a concept in itself for you to just say, now I've got a target. I can aim at that. It's not about this whole self-confidence because I'm confident in other areas of my life. It's about this thing that I want to do. And then we can start really working on getting that thing instead of this this vague statement of confidence. Right, let's move on. The next one I want to bring to you is so often we look at outcomes instead of at processes. Now, you've heard this concept before in goal setting, um, in maybe in the nine different ways to set goals episode I did way back last year sometime. But I want to shift your ideas here. Imagine, the best way I think to, 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 to help with this is Imagine maybe the most the top five people you follow on social media. Now, I'm wondering if when you are looking at those posts, are they increasing your confidence and joy in life or are they eroding it? 
Now, why I ask that is because if you can take that, those people that you're following, and you can just imagine a few posts when you see them, are you following people who are like top of their field, winning, smashing it? You know, like richest people in the world, fastest people in the world, best people in the world. And from there, you're focusing on the outcome, right? These people have made it, right? So there's a, I know it might not feel like it, but there's a natural comparison going on, even though you might not feel it or know it. If you're looking at all these people who are smashing it, there is a natural comparison going on to your current um, experience of the world. Now, how are you using that, 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 that comparison can be a positive or negative. Are you using it to motivate and inspire yourself? Or are you saying, you know, well, this is all unconscious happening in your brain without you knowing it. They've got everything. I haven't got everything. They've got success. I haven't got success. They're happy. They've got it all. I currently don't have it all. So there's this big gap, right? Now, it's what you do with that gap that's really important. But why I'm, why I'm using this as an example is stop focusing on the outcome. So it's like one day I'll have confidence and then I'll be standing in my, you know, the highest um, part of my company and I'll be the, you know, the CEO and I'll be wearing this power suit and everyone will be laughing at my jokes and, you know, I'll be strolling down the hallway and everyone will be looking at me saying, oh, look at Rob, you know, look, oh, he's made it, you know. So that's an outcome or maybe it's winning the race, right? And then you think, you know, that, that's, that represents confidence. So I want you to stop looking at the outcome of confidence, which is that when I, then I'll statement again. When I do this, then I'll be confident. And let's go back to focusing on processes. And I want you to go deeper into processes. So I want you to focus on responsibility. That's how you build confidence. Focusing on the things that you are responsible for. And it might be with your family or at work or the commitment you've made to your coach or to your running club to show up and do what you said you were going to do, right? And look after your family and look after your workmates and and your customers and your clients and serve them, right? That's where you build confidence when you focus on process instead of this grand day, which is somewhere in the future, right? And you can do that right now and by saying, where am I responsible? Where, where am I already showing up? That's something that you can... Be, take pride in and get confidence from that. Responsibility, discipline. The discipline is freedom mantra from both Buddhism and Jocko Willink. If you haven't listened to Jocko Willink, highly recommend his books and podcasts. But that discipline is fr- discipline giving you freedom concept is when you are disciplined, you don't have to make any decisions whether you go and do your workout or not. It's already decided for you. That's where you build confidence in the process of every day. I either I'm doing my workout or my rest day as per my program and my promise, right? That's, that's where you build your confidence when you're focusing on the process rather than the outcome. Meaning, doing meaningful things. Like if, if you focus on things that have meaning to you and your values, instead of looking, for example, again, looking at a person winning the race or owning the big business and smashing it in business, and value and, value and, and honor that you're, you're working on your own values in life and not theirs. 
All right, I hope this this helps you. But just just to recap, instead of focusing on one day I'll be confident when I do this or do this, it's building it every day in the processes that you can control. And that's the commitments, the responsibility, the discipline, and the meaning that you have or can create in your life. All right, I'm going to throw something completely left field at you now. And this could also help attack the belief about confidence and how to understand it more from a different angle. Like always, my number one caveat, if it works for you, use it. If it doesn't, and if you've given it a good go, it doesn't work or it doesn't resonate with you, just choose something else. All right, there's no pressure on all this stuff. These are all concepts and ideas. All right, let's go to someone who believes they're not confident. It might be you, it might be someone you know, right? I'm going to ask that question. What does that give you? What does it give you to believe you're not confident? Now, this could be a bit provocative and a little bit you know, judgmental, but maybe it will help you in some way. If you think you're not confident, what are all the benefits you get out of that? Are you, does it keep you safe? Like you don't have to stick your head up. You don't have to try hard. You don't have to take a risk. You don't have to stand out. Does it help you play small? Because you can say, oh, you know what? I'd really go for it, but you know what? I'm just, I just haven't got the confidence, right? So you get to kind of stay in your little comfy zone where you 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 kind of your non-confident zone. Then you start to tell everyone stories, and then you start to kind of believe it more yourself because your stories you're the one that believes it, where everyone else is kind of sick of your I'm not confident stories. To be honest, um, you don't have to do the work if you haven't got the confidence. Oh, you know what? I I I just I just you know I don't have the confidence to to run those mountains or those hills or, or you know. Oh, that's good because I don't get you out of doing the work, right? And that can be hard to hear, I know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, but some people need to hear this. If you take just a few um, you know, moments to have a look at something, maybe it can help you realize that it could be a safety pattern and it's stopping you from moving towards what you really want and are capable of achieving it in life because you know it can kind of become comfortable and safe to, to be not confident, right? Remember Missy Higgins, I was comfortable and warm inside my shell. I didn't, I couldn't see this place would soon become my hell, right? So consider there's heaps of benefits for keeping the old belief, right? Um, and you can crack it open. You can crack open that that safety shell and you can use something like, um, like a mantra, like I'm just going to have a crack, right? Ash Barty's mantras, I'm just going to have a crack, right? Or what's the worst thing can happen? You know, that's someone very near indeed to me. That's That's been her driving question for all her life. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? It's a really great thing. <laughs> and, and you can answer it or not answer it. You can just have a go. Um, Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite spiritual teachers from way back, um, Wayne Dyer had this beautiful chapter in his book and this saying when I heard him speak, which was, don't die with your music still in you, right? Wayne Bennett wrote a book back in the early 2000s with the same topic, which is basically if you're sitting in that warm comfort zone of non-confidence, you've, but you feel like there's still something you want to do. That's the music in you. And this is what both Wayne Dyer and Wayne Bennett are saying. Don't die with that music still in you. You're going to have to crack out of it if you want that music to play. All right, leave that one behind. We're going to move to the next concept. Now, there's a beautiful teacher out there who encapsulates this kind of uh, beliefs around confidence work. Her name is Byron Katie. She's got this four-question uh, process. It's called The Work. You can check it out online and, and 
have go deeper into it. But basically, the work starts with having a belief statement or a, or a nutshell statement. I'm not a confident person. Um, I've always struggled with confidence. Oh, it runs in my family, right? I get it from mum and dad or, you know, it's always been in my family. Um, or I've lost my confidence in the last few years or a more specific one, like I'm not a confident runner, right? So we need to take a nutshell statement. So see if you can get a belief. It might be about confidence or something else or even if it's someone you know who's not confident, you can use, imagine what their belief would be. Now, Byron Katie's four questions are quite simply, I'm just going to read them out. Is this true? That's just a yes, no answer. Is this true? Number two, can you absolutely 100% know that it's true? Number three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? Number four, who would you believe? Sorry, who would you be without that thought? And then she's got these series of turnarounds where you turn the statement around. So let's have go through an example. Um, I'm not confident, right? So first of all, let's just go, let's just go I'm not confident, right? So you want to you wanna have a look at that statement, I'm not confident, and just go through the process. Is this true? Now, it's a yes, no answer, right? Now, the person, if it's you, you really have to contemplate that statement. Is this true? Now, if you say yes, okay, that's your experience, you move on to the next question. Can you be 100% sure that this is true? Absolutely 100% sure. Now, for you to really own that statement, you have to scan through all of your memories, all of your beliefs, and not find one example in your whole life of where you've been confident. You have to really, and, and it could be confidence in any way, making your breakfast, of, of knowing how to get dressed in the morning, and, you know, brush your teeth, or are you confident when you're breathing? You know, it, it's really have to break down that statement and start to undermine the foundations of it that your long-held belief could possibly not be true. So let's just say you you can get yourself to a place where actually that's not true. I do have examples in my life of where I'm confident. All right, so we move on to the next thing. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? All right, so this is where we go into it. So you might imagine a picture of somebody else. The person's happier, more confident, better looking than me, faster than I am. They've got all the success, all the happiness, and they've got it all, they're all better off than me in all these different ways. And, and that's how you do the, I'm not as confident as them, right? And then you go, you go back into that. Like that, that's you. You see that, and then what happens to you? Do you, you know, do you get the feeling? Do do you slump your shoulders and you just compare yourself and you and you really go downhill, right? And and then you you need to challenge it again. Um, who would you be without that thought, right? So imagine that you didn't have that thought. Imagine that you saw that person and you realize that all the things that you perceive them to be, you are throwing onto them and you are imagining them, right? So is it really true that they're more secure than you are? Like, can you know that for sure? You see the social media post, are you 100% sure that they're more confident, more happy, got everything made in life compared to you, right? So that's how we start to break it down in this, in that, who would you be without that thought? Imagine if you didn't have that thought, I'm not confident. And who could you be? Who would you be without that thought? Now, we go into a series of turnarounds. And the turnarounds could be something simple as, I am confident. Or, 
I'm more confident than she is. She being the person in the social media post that you're comparing yourself to. She doesn't feel as confident, confident as I do. Right? Feel how that's a turnaround? You've, you've flipped the statement and all we're doing with these statements is trying on them and seeing what works. I have no idea how fearful she is. So you, again, you're flipping it around. Now, again, this might land with you or it might not. But if you want to know more about this work, this is about challenging your beliefs by going into them and actually questioning yourself around them and from all different angles instead of merely accepting what's going on and, and taking that in, in as gospel. All right, let's keep on moving. Let's keep on moving. Um, this is a cool concept that might help you. Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson um, famously said, the ancestor to every feeling is a thought. In psychology, we learn of a concept called an ESA loop, E-S-A. We evaluate what's going on. So if something happens, we evaluate it. That gives us a state or a feeling, and then we take action. So E, evaluate, S, state, A, action. All the time in our life, this is going on. They're called S loop. I evaluate, I have a feeling, I do something about it. The kettle boils, I have a feeling it's time to make a cup of tea, for example, or I feel good, and then I make a cup of tea. Somebody yells at me, I feel really bad inside, and then I respond to them. The car in front of me um, pulls out of the driveway and I almost have a crash. I have a like the terrible sinking feeling when I tell them I have a crash and then I swerve around them. Um, for for example, right, that ESA loop. So let's take this concept of um, the answer to every feeling is a thought and the, the ESA loop, so the state is the feeling and the E is the, is the thought, right, the evaluation. And consider this sentence. You are just afraid of your thoughts. So if the thought is, um, I can't possibly do it, and then the fear comes up, I could fail. I could DNF this race. I'm talking about running now. I, I couldn't possibly do a marathon, right? That's wow, no way in the world, right? And then the you know the feeling comes up. Oh, that's just beyond me. And you, you can feel it the time you like start to shrink, right? You, your your fear is around the thought, not around the thing. A marathon is a marathon. It just does what it does. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about anybody. It's just a distance on a road that some person has mapped out and said this is a marathon distance. It's your evaluation and the feeling you have based on that evaluation that you are afraid of. Take this into your day-to-day and just think of the feelings that you're having and the fears that you're having that are taking up that too much space in your mind are based on your thoughts that you've created and that you are afraid of your own thoughts. I'm going to leave that one there. That can also be provocative. And pardon me if I'm... If I'm pushing a bit hard today, but um, if we're going to build confidence, we really need to learn what's stopping us and then get on with it and do some more. Right. Final concept for part two. There's a podcaster out there, Rich Roll, who has an amazing story from alcoholism to ultra distance athlete and just incredible dude who's built one of the biggest podcasts in the world. One concept that Rich talks about is mood follows action. Mood follows action. Now, let's go back to our ESA loop, E-S-A. Hang on, Rob, you said before, evaluate state is mood and then action. Right. 
But Rich has flipped that on its head to say mood follows action. So stay with me. Rich idea, Rich's idea that mood follows action emphasizes that our actions have a profound influence on our emotional state, right? So in other words, when we take positive actions, like exercising, eating well, going after our goals, we experience an improvement in our mood and overall well-being, right? So this concept highlights the connection between physical and mental health, suggesting that by taking positive actions, we can positively affect our mood and emotional outlook. Let's take it into reality. I don't feel like going for a run. It's cold outside. I didn't sleep great. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Story, story, story. So the, you're sitting inside. Oh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I feel like it. You somehow get yourself out the door and you go for the run. And how do you feel? Great. Better, always. Have you ever gone out for a run, no matter how small or whatever, and not felt better than when you were, were procrastinating about going for the run? Okay, maybe there's a 1% thing where something happened and it was a bad experience, but 99% of the time you're going to always feel better doing it. That's an example of mood follows action. You didn't want to do it, you did it, and you felt better for it, Right? What about that person you've been wanting to call for so long? It's like, hey, oh, I've got to call that person. And then you don't want to do it, you know, and you find you dial their number. And then whatever happens on the conversation, you hang up and you're like, oh, I did it, right? I called them. Or that thing you haven't done might be your tax return or whatever. You put it off, you put it off. It's taking up space in your brain. And you finally just say, I'm doing it. And you do it and you feel great. Mood follows action. Take Richard's role thing, and that's the whole discipline thing as well. It doesn't matter how I feel, I'm going to do it anyway. All right, a quick summary today. We had a few different concepts in part two here, hoping you got something out of it. The first was the brain, imagine the brain's just divided into two parts, fear and confidence, and that's where we use the parable of the two wolves, and which one are you letting take up more space in your brain, and how are you feeding it, and what would happen if you went into the fear took it away and fed the confidence. Second one was that confidence word, which was frozen, that nominalization, which doesn't actually mean anything until you get specific and say, what would I like to be more confident in? What am I not confident in? What do I really want? And if, you know, that that's that statement that I want to um, stick to my training plan. I want to sign up for that race that I didn't. I want to hire that coach um, that I've been putting off, you know, and, and I want to speak to that um person that I really want to get to know. Um, I want to go for that promotion and get, get, get your confidence down into more specifics. Third concept was focusing on processes instead of outcome, focusing on responsibility, discipline, um, creating meaningful things in your life, right? Service instead of um, focusing on this grand outcome when I'm standing on top of the number one dice with the medal around my neck saying, now I can be confident, right? It's focusing on building the confidence in your daily actions. The fourth con- concept was basically what's what's it giving you for telling everybody that you're not confident or telling yourself that you're not confident, right? What's all the stuff, the payoffs for that kind of stuff and exploring that? The fifth was the work by Byron Katie. You can have a look more into her stuff online. Very simple concept and definitely worth taking any belief that you find and putting it through those four questions and her turnarounds. Uh, six, con- six concept, did I skip one? Yeah, six concept was um, you're just afraid of your thoughts, right? If it's, you're creating a thought and then being fearful of that thought. Like if you imagine there was a black snake wrapped around your leg right now, 
then you can feel the fear of that, right? But it's not there. It's just that you've created the thought and then you've had a response to the thought. Same thing's happening hundreds of times a day in life. Seventh concept, mood follows action, rich role. Um, And that's the concept that if you take the action, you'll feel better after it or you'll feel differently after the action, right? Instead of waiting for the feeling to come first to do the action. All right. Great episode, hey? Second part of this confidence thing. I've got more to come, lots more to come. I don't know how many parts it's going to do, but there'll definitely be a part three um, coming up, so look out for that. The whole, if I can summarize everything, it could be doing this work could be as simple as just identifying what we are thinking and questioning it. It could be as simple as that. But it first always starts with the awareness, right? That's what we need, step one, getting the awareness being aware of it and then thinking and question what we're thinking and then questioning it. All right, hope you're doing great and I look forward to seeing you in part 3. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something practical and useful out of this podcast or something inspiring to help you get out for your next run. If you have a question about Mindset for Runners or athletes in general, please email me at robmason.run at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anybody you know who could benefit from the information I share in this podcast, please share it with them. See you next time.